0: So I think it's time to like unapologetically start investing in yourself in that way. And I think it's going to yield just so many results for you.
1: Yeah, I think that that is exactly what I need to do. Hey, my name
0: is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. The last time you heard from Hillary Krieger on the Gold Digger podcast, she was working with her husband to create a powerful online course that helped parents reduce the chaos and increase the joy of parenting. Their course was a big success, but Hillary, she had so much more to teach outside of that topic. Now, Hillary is a coach, not a fancy coach, she says, but a coach who helps people show up as their authentic selves to sell out their offers and their programs. I've known Hillary for years, but got close with her work after she walked through a course that I was also taking, and it's been a real treat seeing how her business and her life has transitioned in the last few years. This episode is twofold. In the beginning, Hillary is going to teach us all the secrets to getting started, and then she's going to turn the tables on me as we talk scaling and next steps in her own business. Here she is, Hillary Krieger. Thanks to Sakara for supporting Gold Digger. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. And right now, Sakara is offering you 20% off your first order when you go to saqqara.com slash golddigger or enter the code golddigger at checkout. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Do something today that you couldn't do yesterday with classes designed for real life. Skillshare is an online learning community with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com golddigger and get a free trial of premium membership. Well, Ms. Hillary, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you back on the Gold Licker podcast
1: today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited too. Thanks, Jenna.
0: So tell everyone, you know, you've been on the show with your husband, Tyler, who I adore, and you shared kind of where you guys were at, but just give us a reminder of how your journey to entrepreneurship started and kind of how you and I first crossed paths.
1: Yeah, so Jen and I I feel like you and I we've known each other for, for you know, years. For years. Like in we've been Facebook friends. I think that my college roommate went to high school with you. Um yep. we both lived in Wisconsin, did CrossFit, have really cute husbands. <laughs> um, Amen. I used to listen to this podcast religiously, and it was like a 15-minute commute to drop off the kids at school, 15 minutes home, and it seemed like the perfect amount of time for almost every episode, and I think we've talked about this before, but my girls used to know and memorize the Happy Mac and Cheese (laughs) Loving Jingle. They literally knew that one. Bring it back.
0: (laughs) Yes. You should do the OG jingle.
1: So I knew that I was always interested in entrepreneurship by listening to the podcast. I just didn't know how to like formulate it or how that would come of. And I always thought that it had to be behind Tyler's degree. And I feel like a lot of people are in my shoes. They know that they're like meant for more, that they should be doing something else and they don't know how to do it. I don't have a master's degree. Tyler's the one that does. So I always thought that I needed to build a business behind him. Then we bought We bought like an online course that you had with Tony and Dean on your podcast. And I watched the entire webinar two years ago, and I was like, Tyler, listen we need this. We'll use your skills around kids, your master's degree, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, you're nuts, but fine. So in order to buy it, (laughs) we talked about this in our previous episode, but we consolidated a bunch of medical bills from our daughter Larkin. And I asked the bank for an extra $2,000 and I literally had to print out the sales page and show them what the $2,000 was going to be used for. And I remember watching the banker on the other side, like clenching my teeth to see if the underwriters were going to allow it and they granted it to us. So we took that course together and the entire time we were taking the course, I was actively thinking about how we could create this amazing, robust business with Tyler's skill set and I would be the support. It seemed to be like the trend for us that I was always his support, which was fine. Like I was the stay-at-home mom. I had the kids. I nursed the kids. I made the dinner. He was always in the forefront. Not that he wanted to be. It was just that that seemed the natural way to go because that's kind of what society says. Like you have a master's degree, you're the one that makes the money. And we started that business and it was very successful. On top of that, we launched a gym based on his passions too. So we had these two businesses we owned that I was the support. Both of them were very successful, like right off the bat. And when I say I was a sport, I literally did all the back end work. <laughs> like yeah. I did everything. And after our first course launch of Tyler's course, like I did everything. All I had to do, he had to wake up in the morning, and I would say, "Okay, do this post, respond to this question, send this email, write this, respond back to." Like I was like his project manager. Yep. And We were outside last June and we were kicking a soccer ball around after a super successful course launch and I started throwing out all these ideas of like what to do next and this is going to be so great and I'm so excited to have you home more and he got really quiet and I'm like dude what's up like what's going on why are you being silent this is so great and he's like Hillary I don't want to do this anymore I'm just not an online guy I'm like, mm. what? Is this a joke? We just launched a course. We Backstory is that we sold our house. We took a bet on ourselves. We didn't even have a business yet. And we literally grew it from zero to six figures, like in 10 months. And he all of a sudden doesn't want to do it anymore. And I went inside. I probably had some choice words in my head that I was saying. And I'm like, fine. I just thought to myself, I am going to... Help one person like Tyler that has wow. drive and that has passion and that actually wants to be online. So I just made a simple Facebook post that I would love to support and help one other person. And I'm like, gosh, if I just get one person like Tyler who wants to be online, I will feel successful then that I can help them grow their business. Well, I ended up getting 52 people oh my <laughs> that they wanted my help. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Dang. Okay. And that's when, like, Hillary Krieger LLC was born. And I think that there's a really underlining message that I want to come across. And that is my superpower, I think, is showing up and showing the struggle and the messy middle of where we were from selling our house to taking a bet on ourselves with no money in the bank, showing that entire journey to a successful launch. And I think that. Sometimes our struggle is our superpower. My whole life I was told that I'm too much and to hold back my thoughts and don't be yourself, Hillary, hold your tongue. You are an oversharer and our entire journey I was being that oversharer and what ended up happening is people saw the journey to the end and they were like, mm-hmm. "I want Hillary to help me because she accomplished all of this in such a short period of time." I wonder how much that she can Help me through all of it. So I think that that is the underlining message to why so many people wanted to work with me afterwards, is that I shared the messy middle. And by the messy middle, it can be whatever it is that you want to share that you feel comfortable with. I just have my whole life been told I'm an overshare and it ended up working to my advantage. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I remember, I mean, Hill, you were going through so many different life transitions, but you always had this ability to one, show up and serve and share what was working for you or where you were getting stuck or something you finally figured out. And you still do that, which I think people pay attention to that because they're like, wait, She's on to something. So, since you started that LLC, you had over fifty people respond to that post. What did you do? Like, how did you move forward?
1: (laughs) Well, I got pregnant again with a fourth (laughs) baby, (laughs) so my business launched, and then I ended up getting pregnant during the pandemic. Tyler was doing some side work with like school consulting, and then I was like, "All right, I guess we're like going full fledged on this like business." So, I literally started my business. I started running like mini group coaching programs. I started helping other people through their business. I really was fostering my own relationships. I believe that every business is built on relationships. So just continuing to serve and engage. And from there, it just trickled down. I mean, people love to follow Your journey. And I'm not saying you need to like overshare, but showing up as you to get raving fans and buyers for life. I feel that serving is sharing and I do it authentically and I do it not because I'm like, hmm, that's great. This person liked my post or liked my comment. They're a dollar sign to me. I just continue to share knowing that it's kind of like whatever you want to call it that the universe provides or it's good karma or good juju. I know that it'll come back around some way.
0: Yeah. So what do you do now? What do your days look like? You have four children, but where do you stand in business today?
1: I'd like to think that I am kind of like a, maybe a master at messaging and queen of simplifying. I feel like it's the thing that I really took from you, Jenna, is that Mm. those little pieces that you're able to just simplify down, for instance, like starting an email list. I think that it is, you talk about it. Starting email list is so important, but then people get caught up in the The workflows and the nurture sequences and the tags and all of these things that it becomes analysis paralysis and they don't do it. So I think that I basically am a business mentor. I love all things email, but I really help people work through their roadblocks in their business to get started in formulating how to do it without overcomplicating it and really simplifying it. And because I think that. Doing is easy and thinking is hard. So when you think yourself into inaction, you end up doing nothing and you're just a forever constant learner. You're not doing anything. So I'd like to say that I help people get out of their way into taking messy action. Oh,
0: I love that. And I think you and I share a brain in so many ways. Like you'll do posts and I'm like, yes. Like we, I think we think very similarly. And I think sometimes that's just out of life. Like you have to think simpler. You have to take action. When you only have a certain amount of time to get something done, you want it to actually be an implementation task, not just a task where you're twiddling your thumbs or trying to decide what's next. And I think sometimes that can be to our benefit, which I love.
1: I love that too. And thinking about like you had the implementation lab. Like it was just so crucial that when you have somebody holding you accountable, somebody to bounce ideas off of, a community to bounce ideas off of, people to really relate to where you are and holding each other accountable, like that yeah. is something that I love to do. I'm not yes. the queen of strategy or amazing at funnels or anything like that, but I really love communication and accountability. I do find that I really really love that and I love talking to people too. So yeah. That girl that talked too much in, in high school and in middle school, like that was me. Look at and where she is, is now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to know what you think about this statement. Do you think starting is often the hardest part? Like how did you finally just start? And what do you want others to know about the fear that comes along with just simply starting?
1: I think I said it just a couple minutes ago that thinking is hard and doing yeah. is easy. And we think ourselves into in action, like just doing, being comfortable and confident in who you are. And sometimes that takes a little bit of like inner work to being like, this is who I am. But when you start showing up and being okay and confident with who you are, you end up do you get super fans and buyers for life, speaking your truth, taking a stand for something. I really do think that we overcomplicate things. And yeah. if you just start, you just do the post, you send the email, you make a statement to your mom and dad, even like, I am so lit up about this. This is what yeah. I want to do. Like that was the hardest part for me and I know that you've talked about that before Jenna too like your parents are like what do you do like (laughs) what is your job literally just having that conversation with my mom and dad was probably the hardest part. Like this online world is hard. And that was the fear for me. Some people, it's the fear of like launching your business. So you get stuck behind that. I need a website. I need branding. I need a logo literally getting out of your own head. You are the thing that's holding you back. That's what I think it is. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Yeah. I think you sum it up so well. And I think too, when we look at say your and Tyler's journey or even mine and Drew's journey, where you start to take on those non-traditional roles, it can be really confusing to people who follow those societal constructs, right? Like it can be almost like alarming, like you're shaking the system up a little bit. And I know that that's something that a lot of couples and women face when they feel ambitious or when they're driven. And I I know that's something you've experienced as well.
1: Oh man, I think it's so crazy looking back on even just with our first two daughters and looking forward to now. It's like, we literally order, we order HelloFresh so Tyler can make the dinners and he can follow it along. He changes all the diapers. He picks up the kids from school if he can. He took a job so he can be home this summer with all four kids and be like, stay at home parents. I also think that sometimes in messaging in the online world, it's catered so much to just moms. And I really want to make sure that I'm inclusive of parents in general. I think that Tyler and I's role has done a complete 180 role reversal. And that's just you know, he's such a great support in what it is that I want. Some people don't have that. So having that conversation, like I need you to help make dinner, I need you to do this instead of thinking that they just know that that's what you need. Yeah. Amen.
0: Well, now we're going to flip the script. It's been so fun catching up and hearing what you're up to now. But now I hear that you have a few questions to pass back.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think that my first question for you, Jenna, is that I currently have like one to one and small group coaching, like masterminding type of programs. And I do have some courses that do really well organically. I haven't done like Facebook ads or anything like that. But I'm really struggling with the part that i am not good at and that's like putting it all together into like a funnel uh-huh. and a flow and how to connect it all so i'm just yeah. wondering like how are you setting it up how do you do that like whatever that tech side is or maybe you just pass it off to somebody else i'm really curious on how you started piecing that together in the beginning ooh i love this so i'll
0: be fully transparent. I did not get anywhere good at this until before I had Coco because I had a compelling enough reason to really figure it out before I went on maternity leave, right? Because I was like, if I actually want to take a leave and I want to be able to trust that my business isn't going to crumble while I do this... How are we going to ensure that the way that we're serving and showing up actually makes an impact, but also can help make income? So this is something that I wasn't good at. And I think I'm very much like you, where I can see these like one-off offers and understand how they work and how to sell them and how they serve. But then you're like, okay, so then what's next? So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is especially thinking about your life and having four children and, and navigating all of that is to first really look at where your time is best spent. So in the program that we took together, actually, do you remember it was that spreadsheet where you would rank, like if it's aligned with your values, the money it would bring in and like how close it was in terms of the ranking, in terms of importance. Do you remember doing that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What I would do is look at all of your offers and go through and really think about what your values are in this season of your life in terms of how much time and energy you can devote feeling good and feeling like it's worthy of the investment. Because for me, before I had Coco, like I had my high ticket mastermind and like, that was amazing. It was probably one of the favorite things I've ever done in my life, but it also required a ton of time and energy. And so then looking at like life post Coco, I was like, I don't have that time and energy to devote anymore. So I would go through and look at all of your offers and really look at like, what are your values right now? Even if you just look at it on a quarter by quarter basis, it's going to help for you to see, are there any offers that maybe aren't worth it to you right now? Maybe they're not moving the needle the most, or they're not aligned with your values in terms of time, energy, and money right now. But here's what I did. So Before I had Coco, I finally built out one large funnel and that funnel goes for six months. So basically what I did is I looked at every single offer I have and I asked myself, where do I want somebody to start? Okay, once they finish that and they get success, what would be their next natural step? After that, what's the next step? What's the next invitation? So it doesn't mean they have to say yes or no, but it's basically that value ladder being lived out. And a lot of times people build that value ladder based on lowest price offer to highest price offer, but that doesn't always make sense because if you think about someone's journey... They might need more one-on-one support to implement something they learned in the beginning or in a program that you teach. And so what we did in terms of our funnel is I basically broke it up into three-part sections. So I would do three pieces, three emails where I'm just straight up serving. Like there are no call to actions, there's no buttons to click on. I'm telling a story, I'm making a point, I'm serving, I'm delivering feedback, I'm getting people quick wins. And then we would transition into three emails emails where I'm inviting someone to either get over a mindset block or learn more about a topic that I have a program or an invitation for. And then I would pitch that idea. So basically, let's say we're talking about my program, the Pinterest Lab. I'd start talking about how I get success with Pinterest. I'd invite them to join the webinar. And then I would maybe send them three quick tips to get success on Pinterest with one final webinar invite. If they opt in to go into that webinar invite, awesome. Then they might be in that funnel and might choose to join. If they don't opt in, then they go on to three more serving emails. And the thing I know about you, Hillary, is that you serve super consistently. So you can be taking some of these emails you've been sending out on a weekly basis and see if they can kind of fit in to a funnel in that way so that you're actually building as you go instead of being like, great, I need to sit down and create 36 emails and I need to figure out this timing. You can be creating strategically moving forward in order to build out something like that. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely I love that so much because I probably do have like 10 serving emails around yeah. content that I can just pull out. And yeah, yep. I love that.
0: Yep. And you can take those 10 and make them into like three part chunks. So right there, you have space then to insert in maybe three different invitations that would guide people into potential offers. So if you go three, 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 like if you think about it, it's not as intimidating as it feels. And if you've launched something and it's an evergreen product, you can look at past emails you sent around that launch, make sure that they're evergreen, and insert those in and it makes putting that puzzle together so much easier. And it gave me just such peace of mind going on maternity leave and being like no matter who joins my emails, like they're going to be getting served for the next 6 months, they'll be aware of all the different areas that I teach on regardless of if they take any of those invitations or offers and they'll come out of that knowing exactly what's available to them when the time comes. I am a lifelong student. Like graduating from college, that didn't put a stop of my pursuit for new knowledge, ideas, and skills. If anything, the desire to learn has only expanded since my days of formal schooling. With opportunities to learn through the classes on Skillshare, my access to new skills and knowledge expanded tenfold. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Tackling a new project that requires skills that are completely new to you makes the whole process take longer. Feels like you have a learning curve that looks more like a chaotic scribble of a toddler. Simplify that learning curve with short, digestible class designed for real life on Skillshare. At just $10 a month for an annual subscription, you could learn productivity for creatives with Thomas Frank or video for Instagram with with Hallie's Navarez, which is a game-changing lesson for anyone using Instagram in their business today. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger and get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger. Zen Zucchini Muffin, Root Veggie Enchilada, revitalizing risotto made with quinoa, cashew, butternut squash, cheese, ginseng, and balsamic tomatoes That's just a taste of what I've been tasting from Saqqara. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S., Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements, herbal teas, and more to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder, made with organic raw cacao. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering you twenty percent off your first order when you go to sakara slash gold digger or enter the code gold digger at checkout. That's sakara s a k a r a dot slash gold digger to get twenty percent off your first order.
1: Yeah, that is so good. So good. I feel like you broke it down really easily with even just, I'm visualizing the sub segments. Like, if they don't do it, here's three more serving emails. If yep. they do do it, yep. then here's the invitation. Yeah, that's yes. so, I love that. I love that. Good. So my next question is, I would love your suggestions on like the first, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, but the first like two to three things you would automate in like money making efforts in your business so that you were more present with Conley when she was born. Like what were the yeah. two to three things? Yeah.
0: So. One of the things, Hillary, that I think would just be killer for you would, because you've gotten success organically without paid traffic, is to start to figure out ways. And if you're building that funnel out, you've got that way already kind of in your brain to start automating some of your offers through ads. So, one of the things that I've just been feeling in my personal life that I haven't talked about a ton is I've just been feeling this draw to like disconnect more off of my phone even this entire year. I just there's so many things where I'm like, ah, should I post that? Nah, I I don't want to post that. And one of the beautiful things when it comes to having ads running is that your business is still running even if you're being a little bit quieter behind the scenes. You don't feel like you have to show up constantly, especially when life is happening. And so I would say what I would recommend is if you look at maybe your two best performing offers that can be automated, I would do two things. I would start running ads, to whatever is going to pitch that offer. So say you have a webinar or you have a three-part video series or you have an email sequence that kind of invites people into that offer, I would run ads directly to that. But I would also run ads to freebies that are related to those offers that then you can build out one sequence that's maybe five emails long in total that delivers that freebie, that follows up, gets somebody a quick win, that invites in any questions. And then that gives them that next step to take if they're ready for it. And so when you run ads to freebies, they're going to convert at a much lower price. Uh, When you run ads directly to things like webinars or video series, they convert a little bit higher. It costs a little bit more. But when you can figure out an ad strategy that works, it can help you, one, create that more passive income, but two, rest assured that you don't have to be showing up every single day to be relevant to make a difference in your
1: business. I think that that is exactly what I need. And it's almost like I knew it in the back of my head. Yes. I needed like you to say, permission granted, Hillary, that's what you need to be doing. Because I don't want to be on my phone during, you know, weekend (laughs) soccer tournaments. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And I think too, it's like, there's part of like motherhood that I'm recognizing in myself where it's like, I like covet my privacy a little bit more. I like love those moments where we're just totally unplugged. And I think that when you can have a few ads running where you know your email list is growing and I mean, if you had even just like a three-part funnel set up that you knew led to some sort of offer, even just running ads to a freebie and dropping people into that sequence, your ads could be 20 cents to a dollar per lead, but that could actually yield like mega lifetime results and you'd be serving these new people so well. And so for a lot of people, I'm like, no, 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 don't start with paid ads, start organic. But you have been doing organic for two years now. And this past year, you've really just been serving, serving, serving. So I think it's time to like unapologetically start investing in yourself in that way. And I think it's going to yield just so many results for you.
1: Yeah, I think that that is exactly what I need to do. I even know like in the course that we had, they kind of helped with Facebook ads. Maybe I delegate that out to Tyler to figure out or (laughs) we can figure it out. We can figure out all the logistics on that. My next question is, what was the crucial move for you going from six figures to seven figures, you know, take home? What was that Was it setting up the funnels? Was it automating the things? What was that crucial move for you?
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what year I actually was able to achieve that. For me, it was definitely figuring out a flow in terms of launching my program. So here's something I would totally recommend for you as well. And we still do this in my business today. And I can tell you it feels so good. So we launch one offer per quarter. Okay. So when I look at the annual calendar, We are launching one program per quarter, and it allows us to really focus on first, making sure our programs are up to date, they're current, they're serving. If there's any gaps, we fill them in. We're constantly updating our courses. But two, it allows us the time to kind of reverse engineer what was working before and how we can put a new spin or a new tweak on that. So by the end of every single year, All of my programs have been updated and launched, which also means that the evergreen campaigns have been updated and launched. And so it gives us this really beautiful flow and structure that doesn't feel confusing. It doesn't feel urgent. It makes filling in your content calendar actually really easy because you can look and say, okay, you know, mid quarter, here's when we're launching for every single quarter. So here's what our process is going to look like around updating the course, updating the emails, updating. The ad copy, updating the graphics. And I think for me, when we finally figured out that flow that didn't feel frantic, but allowed for us to get our students the best results and allowed us to approach launches from a more like project management standpoint versus like that frantic energy around launching. I think it just changed everything. It changed the delivery. It changed the energy. It changed the systems. And now it's like we're a fine oiled machine where it's like, we know exactly what we need to be working on quarter by quarter. And so I would just encourage looking at it like that. And I find it super, super helpful in terms of life as a mom because it allows me to like focus on one big project per quarter. Order, and then we're just creating
1: content behind the scenes. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm curious how, what if you have like an idea, what do you do yeah. you communicate with the, Marissa Do you communicate with your team? If you're like, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. I think it could really help. How does that fit into your like plan? Yeah,
0: I mean, I have a lot of ideas, but I don't have a lot of energy anymore. So I'm like, hmm, okay, which ideas are worth pursuing? And one of the things that I love is experimenting. And I think that people get away from experimenting the more that they become well-oiled machines like myself. I am constantly pushing us to keep experimenting because I'm like, you know, this is where we learn. This is where we like mess up or where we get triumph and even just a week ago we did like a partner webinar for the first time ever and I was like I don't even know like how do we share screens and what does this look like and it was like such a fun experiment where on our team call like the energy was just so palpable where we're like that was so fun like let's try that again that was cool and so when we have an idea, one of the best things that I've trained my brain to do, especially in our world where we're so hyper connected on social media, we're seeing so many other people do these amazing things, is if I see something and I feel a twinge of guilt, or if I feel jealous, or if I feel inspired, I start to reverse engineer what that person likely had to do in order to get that end result. So, I'll, for example, this is like back in my photography days. If I saw a photographer like shooting a wedding in Paris, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to shoot a wedding in Paris so bad. She is so lucky. And then I think to myself, Okay. She had to apply for a work visa. She had to fly 12 hours on multiple flights. She had to get over jet lag. She had to figure out her way around the city. She had to maybe have a language barrier while she was shooting. She had to avoid the crowds of people to get that shot. And I started like reverse engineering and then I'm like, okay, is this idea worth it? Like, would I want to do those things? Or do I actually want to wake up in my bed on a Sunday morning after shooting a barn wedding in Wisconsin? Like those were the things that I trained my brain to start doing to like dissect Ideas And be like, is this worth pursuing? Like, am I willing to take all of those steps? Because when we lead with the ideas, we really minimize the amount of effort and time that is likely required to bring those ideas to life. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be experimenting or bringing those new ideas to the table, but it is to say that it's really important to be honest with yourself. If we go back to the beginning with our time, our energy, and our values, is this aligned? Does that help at all?
1: That's so good. And I'm, as you were saying that, I'm like, I'm thinking back to Tyler saying to me, oh gosh, this just another Hillary project?" I'm always like, oh, just take, just do that. It's just going to be like 30 minutes. And it's like yes. a week later, a week later, he's like, "Oh, I'm still working on that Hillary project. I yes.
0: It's like home renovation where they're like double the budget, double the time. Yes. I think that when we are like, I am such a visionary to this day, but I think that I've been able to maybe hone in on the visions that feel compelling enough for me to follow through and to be realistic about what that follow through looks like. Like I was thinking this morning about a project that we started back in January and I was like, Oh, we're going to launch this in like February. And like it's almost May. Like we haven't launched it yet. It took us double, triple the amount of time we thought. And like, that's the reality. And so if it's compelling enough to stick with it through that, or if you've reverse engineered all of the likely steps taken to get there and you're still willing to do it, then go for it. But I think it almost takes us getting quiet enough with ourselves to be like, wait, do I actually want that thing? Is that worth it? Like, is the sacrifice necessary to bring that to life going to make sense in my the season I find myself in right now?
1: And I think too the the underlining thing that some people miss the mark on is is does my audience want that? Like, yes. is this what they want, or is it just something that I want to create? I think yes. about that too.
0: When we started my courses, Caitlin, who's still on my team to this day, was my initial VA, my virtual assistant. And we had this idea where we were like, okay, we're going to make a course that's going to teach people how to hire a VA and train them, because that's usually people's biggest like objection in getting help. And we had this idea. We started mapping out the course and we were like, wait, we should probably test this because we thought it was a great idea. We were like, yes, this is it. And what we ended up doing and what we still do to this day is we created a freebie around it and recorded a podcast episode on it, promoting that freebie. And then we waited to see like, okay, are people going to be like excited about this? Are we going to get a lot of responses? Are people going to download this? Are they going to exchange your email address for it? And when we launched it, It was like crickets. And we were like, oh my gosh, thank God we didn't create that entire offer around it. It just wasn't the right offer at the right time. So your email list is such a beautiful way of really getting to know your audience and seeing what makes them take action, even if it's just inserting their email address into that field.
1: It's like nailed it exactly. That is exactly it, is that I do that at times yes. where we think of this great idea but we really have to see if our audience wants it. That's like Apple forgetting to market their awesome iPhone and then they just put it on the shelf and hope people buy it. It's probably the best product ever out there. But if your yep. audience doesn't want it and you're not, your messaging isn't on, then nobody's gonna buy it and it's gonna be stagnant. Yep. So yes. so true, yeah, that's Amen. seriously. But I love that you test. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. constantly pulling my audience, asking questions, going in Facebook groups, seeing the questions that people are asking. We can come up with yes. this great, idea, but don't spend the time building it behind the scenes and then launching it and thinking like, where are the people at if they're not asking yes. you for it? So good. Yes. So I want to know, like, what
0: are you most excited about right now? Like, what's something that you're working on that gets you fired up? Like, when nap time hits, like, what is the first thing you want to do when you crack open that laptop? Give me the scoop on what you're doing.
1: Oh my gosh. So, right now, today, whenever this goes live, I actually just launched my first signature course all around simplified email, how to write the emails, not Mm. about how. How to grow your email list. You got that unlocked. A lot of people have that unlocked. Like some people open their computer and it's like blank screen of death. They're like, "Okay, yeah. I know I need to be emailing my list. How do I do it? What do I say? What's the formula? What do I do?" And literally, I one of my clients sent me this bumper sticker on a truck and it said just send it. Like literally, that's, <laughs> that's what I want. to That's the message I want to get across is like, just send it, just do it, yes. just send the email, do it. And so I that's literally what I'm so lit up about is getting people excited to send emails and growing the email list is great. But if you have like, even just a small list of quality people. I think that that is so it's amazing. And I get excited about email. I get excited about writing email about writing my voice. I never I'm not a corporate girl. I didn't work for a fortune 500 company. I've been a consumer of email and marketing and all of those things. And I love just being able to break it down into extremely, extremely simple ways. On top of that, after this episode, like I'm so for taking action that now I'm like, okay, I got the course, I got the freebies, I got all these things. Now I just want to line them up all pretty, put the emails into place. Like that's literally what I'm going to do when I, you know, Hawkins goes down for a nap this afternoon. I'm like, okay, I need to implement this. I need to do this. I want the summer
0: I love it. And that's that's, I think, what is so compelling is when you can paint something that makes you like desperate to take action because you can see what that will yield, whether it's the summer off or, you know, even like our whole team, like we love to take easy summers because we're like, our clients are enjoying their lives. Like, why are we not doing this same? And so I think that's so exciting. My last question for you is this: if you could have told yourself two years ago what you're doing today, where you live, what your family looks like, who you're serving. Like, what do you think she would say?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm going to (laughs) cry just even thinking about that. I never, never, like I knew, you know how you can like, Think about things, what you want. Like, I never thought I would be back home in Minnesota, like, 15 minutes from my parents, by my grandparents, by all my aunts and uncles, have a fourth baby, like, working from home, being able to provide for my family in a completely new way. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm just emotional with you even asking that question. It's just – it's so – I don't even know what I would say. And here's the thing, Jenna. I I heard you say it before too in the podcast. I loved waiting tables. Like I was a waitress. I love people. Who knew, Hillary, two years ago, that you could make a living out of building relationships with people and serving and actually being able to provide for your family and not just serving tables? Like serving people in a way that they can also, if you are a stay at home mom and you're thinking about this or you're listening to me, like literally you can build a business around anything that lights you up, that you're passionate about, that you're credible in, that you have like, superpower and who knew that my superpower of action taking and being a good listener, I could literally build a business around it. I Hmm. blown away, literally blown away that that's even a thing. And yeah, I don't even know Mm -hmm. what I would say to myself. Maybe that
0: (laughs) you should be so Proud of yourself. And it's just been amazing to be in community with you and to get to watch you guys transform your own lives and implement tools and like take action. And I'm just so grateful that people got to hear part two of your story because your story is not even close to being over yet. But even in the time that passed since we last spoke, so much has changed. And it just really, really makes me excited to. See see what the future holds for you and Tyler and your family.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Jenna. And honestly, your guidance and support and friendship and love has meant the world to me and more. So good. Thank you. There
0: is something so powerful about reconnecting with a past guest to hear what's changed. And it's crazy when you look back even just a year ago, two years ago, how different your life was. And I think it's just so inspiring and it gives us permission to continue evolving and growing and learning and forever being a student of life. This episode was so fun for me to record. I absolutely loved the mix of getting to ask Hillary questions and passing the mic to her. And if you are interested in being coached on the podcast, head to golddiggerpodcast.com. There's an area where you can submit to be coached in a live episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast.